I'm Casey Miner, and this is a specialette. Hi, my name is Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And what do you do in Snap Judgment? I am a host and story guy, editor, person. Sometimes it's hard to say what you do, especially when you do a lot. And Glenn Washington has done a lot. After he got his law degree at the University of Michigan, he applied for a bunch of legal jobs. And eventually he got one. But it wasn't really a fit. I was uh, an employee at Ernst & Young and the big professional services firm. They employ 25, 30,000 people around the globe. And I was the single worst employee that they had ever hired. I was hired. <laughs> I was hired to do tax analysis, of which I literally know nothing. I can't figure out my own 1040 EZ form, but they hired me to do tax analysis. One day, there was a subsidiary of GM, you know, a big company with employees and far-flung operations and everything like this going on. And they came with uh, a stack of, of papers that went, I don't know, maybe a foot high. And they said, Glenn, what we need you to do is do an analysis of their tax situation and make some recommendations. We're going to bring this to the general counsel and we're going to go from there. And it's going to be your ideas that, um, that we bring. So we really need this to be tight, right? And so every day I would go into work the stack on my desk and I would look at them. I go to lunch and then I come back and I look at them for the rest of the day. At six o'clock I'd go home and the next day I'd come back and I'd look at those. I never ever touched them. I never ever touched them and I never had anything to do with them. I didn't know what. I thought this is it. This is it. And this went on every day for two weeks. I'd go to work, look at those forms, come back home and go to bed. I'm going to be fired from this job. I'm going to get fired. There's no question about that. If I was to give you a, a pile of papers in Phoenician and say, you know, I need some analysis of this and I need it in a couple weeks, it's not going to happen. So you just sat there for eight hours and just thought about that? I thought about um, that. I thought about mistakes I'd made in the past. I thought about, you know, time to refresh that resume for sure. Um, I did want to go to California. I thought about gas mileage getting there. Um, where can I stay? I, it w I was thinking of everything I could think of except this big old stack of papers in front of me. I'm petrified. I don't know what is going to happen. And my antenna's up and I hear the boss man. He's coming down. I know he's going to be on me. I know this is it, right? And he comes over. He's like, Glenn? Uh-huh. He's like, Glenn, I got some, uh, some bad news. Uh-huh. I know how hard you've been working on this thing, but uh, we're going to go a different direction. And I, I'm really sorry about this. I was like, oh, well, you know what? I want to be a team player. I want I want to do my part, sir. You know, everyone's got a part to play. And I, I, if you got anything else for me, let me know. <laughs> He's like, thanks. That's what that's good. Good job, champ. All right. We'll get you something next time. This lucky accident bought him a few more months at the firm, which honestly, he was only sort of happy about. Two days before, 
I got fired from Ernst & Young. I was driving there, I was in Detroit, and it was this slate gray sky, and I was driving toward this office building that I knew I was gonna be miserable in. And I was just like, oh my God, this sucks so bad. But he wasn't going to quit. He needed the cash. And it didn't hurt that his coworkers really liked him. Even though I couldn't do any tax work, I could still talk a big game, even back then. He'd even kind of befriended one of the firm's top managers. But really, he was doomed. That same guy, he comes over and he said, um, again, I can hear, I know my, that antenna's up. I know he's coming towards me. I'm hoping he's going for somebody else, another cubicle. Stops in my cubicle. And he says, um... Glenn, could you come with me for a minute? I, we need to go and talk to uh, the HR people. And that means it's over. It's curtains. It's like, <clears throat> so there's no, there's no negotiation. There's no nothing. He's like, um, you know, we've, we've appreciated your contributions to the firm. But um, I think it's best that we both acknowledge that it's probably time for this, our relationship to come to an end. So, um... I'm going to need your uh, pass key and your computer. And um, if you could sign right here on this such and such document, we'll make sure that your last paycheck and such is mailed to you. And we really want to say that we, we're really, everyone, I, I think I speak for everyone when I say we really appreciated your sense of humor and um, your warmth that you brought to the office. Thank you so very, very much. Fired. Ha 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 ha! Fired! Yup. I did get, um, I had this beautiful leather briefcase I was able to keep because they, because they did, they were supposed to take that, but I had, I told them I'd bring it back to them. I didn't think that you could, you were supposed to like your job. I don't think that my parents ever really liked theirs. It was kind of this thing that you went and te- you had to do. And so for a long time, I, it seems like the jobs I picked were something that were completely diametrically opposite to anything I would supposedly have any interest in. And I think that maybe subconsciously, I thought that's the way it was supposed to be. Um, and then I thought, maybe, uh, maybe it's not. Maybe you should like your work, like your work mates, like the community. I either wanted to do that, I wanted to be really, really energized at work, or I wanted to be completely turned off where I didn't have to think. I could channel that that energy somewhere else. I think that either or is a really good position to be in. But I do think that lots of people are in jobs that they that don't fit. And I remember then at the time, when I was at Ernst & Young especially, um, how important my off time was. I joined an acting troupe. I was um, doing all this volunteer work, all this other kind of stuff to make sure that, that, okay, I can be dead for eight hours or I can be, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily think that that's a bad thing. Actually, I, I really, once I got into it, I like dull jobs because um, there's another aspect of your head that's going in a different direction. Um, I wrote a lot then. I mean, I'd be plotting stuff out. You know, when you're when you're counting a bunch of, of papers in a row, I, you know, my novel's going on in the back of my mind the whole time. 
So, and I actually wish sometimes that um, I had more time like that now. Glenn Washington, host and creator of Snap Judgment, doesn't have a lot of time like that now. But he does do a whole lot of creative work. We're going to take you behind the scenes of the making of his show and introduce you to a person who works there whose name you've probably never heard. Snap Judgment's executive producer, Mark Ristich. People are constantly going in and out of his office, pounding on the door, check this, listen to this. He's skipping around like a butterfly all day. That's our next specialist, so watch your feeds. The specialist is me, Casey Miner, editor Julie Kane, and composer and sound designer Seth Samuel. We'll be back soon. <laughs>